Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me here on this Monday as we begin a brand new week, and it takes all we have to survive in Biden's America, 15 days away from the midterm elections. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Check me out on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. Also, you're going to want to go to my Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore because I posted a, a couple of great photos with a a legend in the sports world. Let's just leave it there. Over the weekend, I I got to meet someone who's huge uh, in the pop culture firmament and the sports firmament, and he could not have been nicer. So go to my Instagram and check out those photos, Monica Crowley underscore. Also, you can send me an email to Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. All right, coming up this week, I know that on Friday I said that we would have an up and coming Republican rock star on today, someone whose name you need to know. But we're going to speak to that person on Wednesday this week instead. I know that was a big tease. I apologize for that. But this person is going to join us on Wednesday this week instead of today. So you're not going to want to miss this. The future of the GOP right here on Wednesday. Also, I do want to deal with later in the week, I want to deal with the uh, horror that is the Republican establishment. Later this week, we're going to take apart the Republican establishment. You know, we spent a lot of time on this program hitting the left and the Democrats uh, and the communists, all rightfully so. They are dismantling the country in rapid speed. But we don't spend a lot of time or maybe enough time talking about the Republican establishment and how they're just as bad, if not worse. Because at least the Democrat communists will tell you exactly who they are, what they believe, and what they are doing. 
the Republican establishment, and I'm looking at you, Mitch McConnell, and there are others, um, they're worse in many ways because they, they give you a line of BS and then they work with the Democrat communists to destroy the country. It's all part of the uni party. I want to take that apart later in the week. So you're not going to want to miss that as well. All right. Today, I want to deal with a couple of things. Uh, once again, I want to talk about a very specific national security threat, which very few, if anybody, is talking about. But this is a clear and present danger to each and every one of us. I'm talking life and death. And nobody is out here discussing it because it's all Biden's doing on purpose, putting us all in grave danger. So in order to protect him from the consequences of his own policies, because that would make him look bad, no one talks about this. But we have on this show, and we will continue to do so again today. Also, we're going to talk with former Congressman Jason Lewis, who has written a really fun tell-all about the swamp called Party Animal. He also takes apart the GOP establishment, as well as the Democrat communists. So he's going to be here dropping some real truth bombs about Washington, D.C., the scope of the rot there on all sides, and how to fix it. So a fun chat with him coming up, and your emails straight ahead. First up, though, the Monica Memo. So we are 15 days away from the midterm elections, and I know we're all focused on the immediate and urgent issues that are in front of us. Of course, we're focused on, you know, the really big uh, top-line issue of the fundamental transformation of the nation away from individual liberty and limited government and economic freedom toward a communist model. So that, that is the overarching uh, concern that we all have. And in order for the left to achieve that, they've had to weaponize our own government against us. And that's exactly what they have done. They have weaponized our own government against us, DOJ, FBI, IRS, NSA, CIA, all of the alphabet agencies have been weaponized against us, against the American people, but particularly against those who oppose them. That is the most dangerous threat we face, but it is a critical weapon in their arsenal to achieve the fundamental transformation of the nation. So we are all focused on that going into the election, and the immediate consequences of that fundamental transformation that are directly affecting our lives. So, of course, the weakening economy, skyrocketing inflation, sky-high gas prices, soaring crime, where nobody feels secure and safe in their own communities, uh, the wide-open border, and all of the problems that that brings into the country. From fentanyl to crime to human trafficking, child trafficking, the whole array of it, right? The collapse of American power overseas. Our foreign policy is in a shambles. And I want to talk about that in a second. But we're all focused on the immediate and urgent issues staring us right in our face and affecting our quality of life. We've got a cost of living crisis where you've got to choose between lunch and bankruptcy because of inflation and skyrocketing crime. 
again, where a lot of people are afraid to leave their homes or taking all kinds of precautions when they leave their homes because of crime. So those are the issues right in our face. Those are the issues that are carrying Republicans across the finish line, all across the country, including in deep, deep blue areas. So this could very well be a red wave. I don't want to jinx it. It requires all hands on deck. You cannot allow your guard to drop for one second. We need everybody out there voting. Talk to your family. Talk to your friends. Talk to your coworkers. Talk to them gently if they're lifelong Democrats. I've spoken about this on the show before. You've got to be very careful psychologically when you're trying to persuade someone to stop voting the way they voted their entire lives and look at a different point of view and perhaps consider voting in a different way. It takes a lot. You need to be considerate of that. I know we all want to scream. We all want to scream from the top of our lungs about what is happening and why can't you see it? But you've got to take a softer approach with people. Um, If they have for so long voted Democrat and that's so much a part of who they are, you've got to understand, like if someone had asked you, if a Democrat communist asks you to take a look at, we all know that they are wrong and wicked and evil in their agenda, but let's say they came to you and, and asked you to start turning your vote in a different way hey, you know, you may want to look at it this way. You may want to consider voting Democrat. Of course, none of us would because they're wrong and and destroying the country. But just think about it from a psychological angle. If you've been voting Republican your whole life and it's so much a part of who you are, you would put your guard up right away, right? So I'm just asking you to, to consider it from a psychological point of view that the way you have to approach this with people is is in a very gentle way and a calm way, and just sort of gently point out, hey, are your lives better today than they were four years ago or two years ago? I mean, certainly under Trump, your life was so much better, right? Oh, but mean tweets. I mean, just don't, don't try not to judge them, even though we're all judging them, but try not to project that. Just sort of gently talk to people and and see if you can get them to look at things in a different way because their lives are now much worse and they know that they're much worse. It's just getting them to connect their vote, their vote for a Democrat, to the consequences of that vote. This is one of my big things. You know, I've been talking about this for years that so many Democrats simply do not connect their vote to the consequences of their vote. Again, because culturally or traditionally, they've always been Democrats, and so they've always voted that way. And they just think it's the thing to do without really putting A and B together, the vote and then the fallout from that vote. So again... Um, try to persuade people, do it in a responsible and thoughtful kind of way because we need every vote we can get. But obviously, you know, we're all focused on those immediate and urgent issues on inflation, gas prices, crime, and the border, education as well, what's going on in our children's schools, completely out of control between CRT and the sexualization of our children and the gender fluidity. By the way, Um, before we hit this quick break, and I want to talk to you about the national security issue, we should also be really focused on here. Did you see that over the weekend, Joe Biden, the White House brought in a trans 
person who is a biological male who is doing, I, I guess this person is, is viral all over like TikTok and stuff because they're doing, they're, they're chronicling their journey to quote girlhood. So they're, I guess, a big TikTok star. And the White House brought this person in and this person was granted time with the president of the United States to talk about trans issues. So the White House and the Democrats are focused right now on three things, trans issues, abortion, and January 6th. None of those things the general public cares about. And the reason they don't care about it is because they are struggling to put food on the table. Guys, the other day I went into a grocery store and I was thinking about making for dinner Um, And I don't know if you've ever done this, but supplanting pasta with a vegetable and then the marinara or the vodka sauce on top, so good without all the carbs, right? I've got to keep my girlish figure. So I went into the store and I was thinking, you know, it would be great tonight for dinner, some cauliflower boiled, um, al dente, of course, and then a great, beautiful vodka sauce on top of it. Delicious. So I go and I look and I was like, well, I'm a little lazy. So instead of buying a head of cauliflower where I'd have to rip off the cauliflower heads and chop them myself, let me see if they have any like prepackaged cauliflower heads so I can just, just lazily throw them into the boiling water, right? So I go over and there is a, there are a couple of small packs of pre-cut cauliflower. And when I say small packs, I mean... I want to say maybe eight like large size heads that are pre-cut and pre-packaged, wrapped up, ready to go. So I reached for it and then I looked at the price. I'm talking cauliflower. I'm not talking chicken. I'm not talking eggs, which are also out of control. I'm not talking filet mignon. I'm talking (laughs) cauliflower heads, like eight of them. The price on that small package was $9. And I know I don't have to tell you this because we're all living this every day, but I was blown back. Again, this is not steak. Cauliflower heads, $9 for a small package. So obviously I didn't buy it. (laughs) I reached for the zucchini spaghetti instead, which was like six bucks. Um, But these are the calculations that we are all making every single day. The prices in this country are out of control. It is all Joe Biden's doing. It is all unified democratic control where they spent, you know, the federal government last year between fiscal and monetary stimulus meaning on the fiscal side, how much the Democrats spent and then how much the Fed created and pushed into the system. Between those two things, $6.8 trillion. $6.8 trillion. The government alone, the Democrats, spent $5 trillion of that. And then the Fed printed the additional $1.8 trillion. This is where we are. This is why the cauliflower heads are nine bucks. This is the Democrats' fault. And everybody needs to understand that. Vote, consequences of your vote. You vote Democrat, communist, you're paying nine bucks for cauliflower heads. 
These are the kinds of things that we need to point out to our friends who happen to be blue. And you do it in a gentle way. You want to know why you're paying nine bucks for a small package of cauliflower? Because you voted Democrat. That's why. We didn't have this issue under President Trump. When Trump left office, and this was after the major historic unprecedented shock of COVID and locking down America and shutting down the global economy. Even after that, after the boom of reopening uh, in mid-2020, Donald Trump, by January of uh, 21, handed off an economy that was thriving, recovering, and with 1.4% inflation. So all of these inflationary pressures didn't just come out of thin air. It's a direct result of policy, Democrat, communist, policy, all being done on purpose. Let's keep that in mind and let's preach this gospel to folks who might be on the fence, don't know how they're going to vote yet. I know we have enormous frustration with people who don't know how to vote yet, right? Every year I look at that column of undecideds and it's like 6%, 8%, undecided, like undecided. It's also clear who are these people. But again, we need to have compassion and we need to approach them in a gentle way. And again, connect people's votes with the consequences of those votes, directly affecting not just the American people and the country, but directly affecting them. And we're all living this every day. All right, when we come back, I want to talk about a very serious national security threat, which we've been covering here on the Monica Crowley podcast. Few others have, but we're going to do it again here on the show because we got some startling new numbers over the weekend. And I want to bring you what we are facing here. All right, so don't go anywhere. Sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Okay, welcome back. Well, the swamp game goes like this. 
if you have news that makes you look bad, you drop it on a Friday night at the nadir of the news cycle. If you have news that makes you look really bad, you drop it late on a Friday night. The Biden administration had really bad news, so they dropped it at 11 p.m. last Friday night. What were they trying to bury? Well, the September border numbers and the year total on illegal immigration at the border since the fiscal year ended on September 30th. So we've got a new full portrait of Joe Biden's deliberate policy to destroy the country. Is it bad? Well, it's worse than bad. It's actually horrific. This is a criminal invasion. It has been going on day one since Joe Biden became president. And this is the reason why they dumped these numbers at 11 p.m. on a Friday night. Here's what we got. An unbelievable 2.3 million illegal immigrants were apprehended on the southern border in fiscal year 22. That's more than the number of illegal immigrants caught in fiscal year 21 and fiscal year 2020 combined. This isn't because the Border Patrol is suddenly super effective, although we love them and huge respect for them and they've got no support coming from Washington whatsoever. They are doing their best. But it's not because they've suddenly become super effective and it's harder to cross undetected. The higher apprehension number is a reflection of the fact that more people are crossing all day, every day. The number of dead bodies found at the border is a good indicator of this. Listen to this. A record 856 illegals died at the southern border in fiscal year 22. Between 1998 and 2018, there were never more than 492 dead illegals found at the border in any given year. So this is literally like double the amount of dead people found at the border. And along with the dead migrants and live ones comes, guess who? Terrorists. This is something we have covered here, one of the only places doing this story, the influx of suspected terrorists coming across the border. There were 20 arrests of known or suspected terrorists on the FBI's terror watch list at the border last month alone. 20 of them. And as we know from September 11th, I mean, there were a group of uh, about 20 hijackers and so on, right? But we know it really only takes one to create incredible violence, destruction, and death. Fiscal year 2022 ended with 98 terror watch list arrests. That's almost quadruple the previous five years combined. From fiscal year 2017 to fiscal year 2021, there were 26 arrests of suspected terrorists. In one month, last month, there were 20 arrests. Guys, come on. 20 terrorists caught coming across the southern border in one month is madness. In previous years, Border Patrol agents had encountered only three terror suspects a year or none at all. And we had 20 arrested just in the last month, 98 captured suspected terrorists in the last year alone. And these are the ones that we apprehended, that we know about. 
What about the ones that we don't know about? Guys, um, I have raised this concern on this show before, and it bears repeating. We are going down the road of another 9-11 or worse. After 9-11, we all wrung our hands and wondered how it could happen, right? Everybody was tearing their hair out. How could this happen? Well, this is how it happens. Many of those hijackers were here on expired visas, remember? None of them were flagged, never mind booted from the country. And then after the attack, we had the 9-11 commission, remember that? And that commission determined that there were too many walls between law enforcement and intelligence, between the FBI and CIA and NSA, that they needed to to be able to talk to each other, that if the FBI flagged a threat, they needed to to be able to communicate with the CIA and NSA to get wiretaps and so on. All of this came out after 9-11. And we created the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, to try to better to identify those potential threats and stop them before an attack. We had thousands of dead Americans and others in the street on 9-11 because immigration didn't do its job, law enforcement didn't do its job, and intelligence didn't do its job. That was all supposed to be fixed after 9-11, but it's not. And now, under Joe Biden, you've got a perfect storm here leading up to a potential attack. You've got the collapse of Afghanistan, thanks to Joe Biden. That vacuum has been filled by all of America's enemies, including terrorist groups like the Taliban, like Al-Qaeda, like ISIS, all being supported by the next-door neighbor, Iran. you got Russia and China in there, too, as well. So you've got a new staging area for a catastrophic attack on the United States. 20 years of of all of our engagement in Afghanistan down the drain. The second thing you have, of course, is the wide open border. Terrorists just meandering across. We recently got a couple of reports pointing exactly to this, and I brought you this a couple of weeks ago. Remember that Afghan refugee airlift Well, Joe Biden lied about properly vetting those refugees. They didn't vet anybody. The DHS recently put out a report, and I brought this to you, that said that, quote, critical data to properly screen, vet, and inspect Afghan evacuees after the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan in August of last year, and they just didn't have it. The report went on to say that so many of these Afghan refugees brought into the United States, like a Trojan horse, were not fully vetted. Quote, U.S. Customs and Border Protection did not always have critical data to properly screen, vet, or inspect the evacuees. Again, this is according to our own DHS. And then I brought you this story a couple of weeks ago. Among that group of Afghan refugees brought into the country, some were likely terrorists, according to a Pentagon report. The DOD identified 50 Afghan personnel in the U.S. with information in DOD records that would indicate potentially significant security concerns. So here we go. I mean, we can see a potential attack coming right down the pike. It's coming down the track, and nobody is raising any concerns about this, any warning. Why am I the only one? 
I know that there are serious issues that are right in front of us. We talked about this in this first segment, the economy, inflation, gas prices, crime, the open border. I get it. But you know what? None of those issues are going to matter if we're all dead. How are all these people coming here? Well, the the Afghan airlift was a critical one where it was a free-for-all in Afghanistan where everybody was just jumping on planes to come here. But how about this story? The Daily Caller broke this great story last Thursday. A reporter from the Daily Caller is down in Guatemala, and she spoke with some Afghan migrants who were apprehended there. According to her, the United Nations and other groups are informing those migrants from across the globe how to get into the United States to cross the border illegally. Six, this is according to six migrants from Afghanistan um, who spoke to the Daily Caller after they were apprehended in Guatemala. The illegals uh, said that before they arrived in Guatemala, the UN and other aid workers provided them with maps guiding them to Mexico so they can reach the U.S. southern border. The men were six of 16 Afghans in the detention facility for foreign migrants in Guatemala City. One of the Afghan men said, quote, they give us a map. The map was up to Mexico. There was no United States, but they told us how to cross those borders, he said. And then he added, they told us how to go to the U.S. border. Guys, the United Nations would not function without the American taxpayer, That's you and me. We are its number one backer. The U.S. remains the largest donor to the United Nations. In 2020, we contributed more than $11 billion to the U.N., which accounted for just under one-fifth of its funding from its collective budget. In other words, there's no U.N. without the U.S., President Nixon used to say, so this has been going on for 50 years now, maybe longer, this movement against the United Nations, which is so anti-American and anti-Israel and anti-freedom and pro-tyrant. Nixon used to say, get the United States out of the UN and the UN out of the United States. Long past time, right? Republicans should use their power in the majority next year to ensure not one more dollar goes toward any organization aiding and abetting illegal immigration into this country, period. We must be absolutely ruthless about this. The time for games or to go along or get along is over. When we come back, we're going to lighten things up a little bit and talk to former Congressman Jason Lewis, who's got a really fun new book out about the swamp called Party Animal. So he's going to join us here in a moment. But first, I'd like to take a moment to welcome a great new sponsor, ScoreMaster. ScoreMaster, the new science in accelerating credit scores, puts you in control of your own money, not the bank. No matter your credit score, before you apply for any loan, auto lease, or credit, start at ScoreMaster. It only takes a minute to get started, and you can add 60 to 100 points in about three weeks. You know, life has enough regrets. Don't add paying higher interest rates to the list. Visit scoremaster.com slash Monica for your special seven-day trial. 
Again, your special seven-day trial is waiting for you at scoremaster.com slash Monica. Again, check out scoremaster.com slash Monica. We'll be right back. Well, I'm very happy to welcome my pal, former congressman, a Republican congressman, Jason Lewis, who represented a district in Minnesota. He's got a really fun new book out called Party Animal, which is one of the great titles. I'm so bummed that I didn't get to it first. Party Animal, the truth about President Trump, power politics, and the partisan press. It's so good. And Jason joins me now. Hi, Jason. Hey, Monica. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. It's great to have you here. And you and I connected uh, several years ago uh, over a whole variety of issues. And I'm so pleased to now call you my friend. Well, same here. And, you know, we both woke up this morning to another Republican, this time in New York, being attacked to a Kafka-esque committee going after the political opposition to rising prices, rising crime, open borders. And you thought, am I in Venezuela? No, we're here under Democrat rule. We're here under the anti-Trump hysteria. And that's why I wrote Party Animal to answer, how the heck did we get here? How, how did we find ourselves in this in this Venezuela-like position? And it's it's not happenstance. It happened on purpose, and it started you know, long ago. And that's what we talk about in the book. Yeah, no, it, the book is so good. And it's so much fun. And congratulations on it, because it's doing very well. And you do spill a lot of tea in this, which we're going to get to here as we go through this. So why did you, yeah. you know, you you decided to, to write this because the country is really on its back heel. I mean, this is, this is an historic catastrophe, what we are witnessing and living through, Jason. But you also decided in writing this to really go for broke, and write a brutally honest takedown of the swamp. That takes guts. Yeah, and I hit both sides a bit, too. I mean, the, the political infighting, and we're seeing that with uh, Kinzinger and Cheney now on this ridiculous Orwellian committee. Um, that was evident when I got there. And what happened was, and I, I, like you, had been a commentator for a number of years, and I thought, I'll put my money where my mouth is and run for office, and, and won and went to Washington with President Trump, knowing that it was a swamp, knowing that it would be difficult. But what I saw there shocked me. And then what I went through, not just me, Trump and everybody else in that era, the anti-Trump resistance, the indivisible groups, the attack, the protesters on my front lawn in 2017, I thought, this is not going to be told by the press. This has got to be documented. So I started keeping a journal going all the way back to when I was in the House and then when I ran for the Senate in the midst of the riots in Minnesota and the lawlessness, and then the COVID lockdowns, which were nothing more than a political ploy to keep Biden under wraps and my opponent, Tina Smith, under wraps, I thought this has got to be documented. Uh, this is too too much. So I started keeping that journal. And when it was all said and done, this winter, I spent the, about a year in a Northwoods cabin in Minnesota um, documenting this, but as you know, former President Nixon would say, put it in organizable, readable fashion and got the book out. But it, it's important that people remember how we got here. It wasn't an accident. Yeah, I know. And what I love about this book, Jason, is that we need more truth telling about our country and how DC really works and how we got right. here. So let's start with uh, just briefly an overview of, of how you got here, which is why you entered politics. You know, you're out there, you're living your life, you're having success, you're, you're in the press, you're a great commentator, you're happily going along. And then what made you say, you know what, I'm going to run for office? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, 
it's like a hangover, you know, what the hell happened last night? What am I thinking? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I think it was the, the, the desperate position I saw the country in after, and I'll be blunt here, after Bush Obama, um, that we were playing between the 40 yard lines. The border was open. Republicans were basically enabling the Democrats. They weren't taking them on. And then along comes Trump, uh, who brings the party kicking and screaming into issues that the comfortable conservatism had been avoiding for years, the border um, pro-life questions, taking on China, all of these things, the, the, the ideology that was engulfing our schools and really the woke corporate status. Wall Street had been had been a Democrat benefactor for years and years and years. And nobody was addressing this. And I, you know, my, my our friend, Dr. John Lott, used to say, you know, Jason was talking about Trump's foreign policy before Trump was. And I was on the radio. So all of these things that I saw as sort of, and I hate to use this word because it's so overused, but as an existential crisis, um, I thought I, I got to do something. I got. I've had a great radio career. Um, I don't need. I don't need the the fifteen minutes of fame. I don't need the money. Now just do something for the country. So I threw my hat in in twenty fifteen and won. Uh, went to Washington with President Trump and things. Frankly, with regard to the opposition, the enemy, the the really the the dystopian environment I ran into got worse as far as what I was seeing. And that's when I started documenting it. The swamp was real. Um, they keep people in line. You don't get outside, the, the as I say, the 40-yard lines or else. And that's what President Trump did. That's what some of us in uh, working with the administration did. And from that moment on, we had a bullseye on our back. Hence, I wake up one morning. Well, actually, I was in the district campaigning, and uh, my neighbor calls me and says, hey, there's 30 people on your front lawn screaming and yelling. And I thought, what the hell is going on? And this was the start of the resistance. And they were formulated in these indivisible groups. It is my belief, and I write about it in Party Animal, that that's what started this lawlessness that is out of control now. Once nobody did anything about that, um, then then they felt, well, look, we've got free reign. We can do what we want. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And I make this point all the time on this show, Jason, about how the radical left, these neo-communists, and that's exactly what they are. They And th- this is true from throughout history, from um, Le- Vladimir Lenin's time, Marx's time. They need violent mayhem in order to create the, the chaotic environment in order to ram right. through their neo-Marxist agenda. So you're exactly right when the uh, Anti-Trump resistance started percolating up. They need to stop programs like yours because how else? How else in a time of rising prices, an economy teetering on recession, open borders, China on the march? How else would you say the most important issue is gun control and transgender ideology? Well, you can't. You can't debate that. So what do you do? You shut down the opposition with these Orwellian hearings from the January 6th committee. You have Twitter censor people. What I call in the book, the Democrat media complex led by first online um, uh, bottom feeders that throw out lies like the false Russian dossier or lies about you or lies about me. Then CNN picks it up and says, well, it's out now. You'd have, the book documents all of the media lies. I've got a chapter called The Anatomy of a Smear on what happened to me, but it happened to numerous people that they thought, look, we can't debate these people. We don't want to debate these people. Let us just destroy them by painting them in a false light, which, by the way, is a form of defamation. 
Yes, and it happened to me, and I know you write about that in the book as well. It's all about taking out, too, the most effective people on our side, Jason. So you, me, any of the America First people who were with Trump, believed in the America First agenda, and were effective communicators like you and me, they had to take a howitzer to us. They've got to try to eliminate us from the scene because, you know, and I've said this before, they were not afraid of Donald Trump's uh, failure. They were afraid of his success because when he succeeded, beholden right. to no one, he was going to give rise to hundreds of America first candidates and, and voices like ours. And they could not allow that to happen. And guess what? It's happening. It is happening. And they created this and now they've got to destroy it by any means necessary. And that means turning America into some third world, a bunch of third world despots in Washington. Can you imagine a congressional committee, which is wholly illegitimate? Uh, Sorry, Liz, you're not the ranking member. The minority didn't appoint you. It is wholly illegitimate. And yet they're going after their political opposition. This is what the Sandinistas did in Nicaragua. This is not what America does. And there is zero evidence. They are criminalizing the language. They're saying when you say go out there and fight, why that's indicative of, of sedition. Meanwhile, meanwhile, truly trying to undo the will of the people in the bowels of the swamp at the DOJ and the FBI. I can remember being on the floor of the House, Monica, and I voted against the reauthorization of FISA, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. And I, I, I told this person sitting next to me, So, look, I cannot abide by a secret court authorizing secret warrants without probable cause. Their burden of proof is not as high as in a regular court. And then spying on the political opponent. I'm not going to reauthorize FISA. And this particular person looked at me and kind of cocked their head and said, oh, oh, you don't like terrorists, do you, Jason? As though any opposition to that was, oh, you must like terrorists. You know who that person was, of course, Representative Liz Cheney from Wyoming. Mm -hmm. Um, That's in the book. But all of these things, the, the, the weaponization of the deep state, the weaponization of schools and corporations, it is really what is the crux of party animal. If we don't get a hold of our institutions once again, um, I, 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 I fear for the nation. I tremble for the nation, to quote Jefferson. Yeah, and you know what? I, I have said this repeatedly, and you do write a lot about this in Party Animal, and it's so on point, that we face a lot of existential threats in this country, you know, China and, and the border and our sovereignty and so on. But to me, and I think you agree with this, Jason, the worst, the most threatening Uh, uh, challenge that we have in front of us is that our own government has been weaponized against us. That's right. That's right. Once you have a state-run media, once you have the weaponization of government in favor of one party, and that's the key here. I mean, you you, you, you know, the, the military is weaponized against foreign enemies. Now, everybody that opposes the current regime is a domestic terrorist, and the full force of government is going to come down upon them. And you know, I tell you a story. I remember I was following the, the the Russian dossier, and all this, all the things are being leaked about how it was, you know, contrived by Perkins Coy and Clinton, the DNC, and all that, and the British spy. They were dealing with Russian contacts, so the real collusion was going on on the left. We knew all that. So when the intel was available as a House member, you could go over to the, the Capitol Visitor Center where the Intelligence Committee is, and you could view the intel. And I said, I'm not going to go over there. I know what it is. I know what's in there. And my staff said, oh, no, no, sir, you got to go over there just for optics because people are going to say you're not even looking at it. So I trudged over there, looked at the intel, 
I was I was astounded, Monica. I was I obviously can't tell anybody what it was, but it, there was nothing there. Basically, mm-hmm. it was all contrived. And at that point, I thought, man, oh man, is this ever going to get out? And of course, it really didn't. Um, you get it out. I get it out in the book. I've got a, a, a chapter called From Russia with Love, which is all about that. But if we don't keep pounding this and telling people who's really trying to overthrow the will of the people, uh, exactly the opposite of what the January 6th committee is looking at, um, you know, it's going to happen again and again and again. And we've got to stop that. And we're losing our representative republic, which is going down the down the drain really, really fast, Jason. So, yeah, this is an existential right. threat. And as you point out in Party Animal, the empire always strikes back and the empire is incredibly powerful. They have the ability to put you in prison. They have the ability to ruin your livelihood, destroy your family, destroy your life. So they hold all of the cards. The only thing going for us is the truth and also the fact that there are more of us than them. So how do we go about crushing this? Because their power is so overwhelming and dominant and entrenched, it seems impossible. You've got to be willing. You know, there's a great scene in John Wayne's last movie, The Shootist, where he takes Ron Howard out for a shooting lesson and Ron Howard shoots just as well as he does. And he says, how'd you you know, he's a gunfighter. How did you kill all those people? I would, I shot just as well as you did. And John Wayne said, it's not always being accurate or even fast that counts. It's being willing. And if there's one thing Donald Trump taught us uh, is he was willing to fight back. And for too long, this sort of rock candy conservatism, well, we've got open borders. Well, okay, that, we need another tax cut. Well, China's on the march. Well, let's cut taxes. Well, what about all the abortions? And what about the, the, the ideology in the schools? Well, let's, let's cut taxes. Now, don't get me wrong, Monica. I'm a huge supply sider right there at the beginning of Kemp Roth and Ronald Reagan. But at some point, you've got to, uh, got to be willing to go after the touchy issues. And that's what Trump's strength was. As I say, he brought the party kicking and screaming into the things that they were not talking about. The establishment was avoiding, especially on trade. You know, you think about it. If you're going to raise revenue for the government, you can raise it two ways. You can tax domestic production or you can tax foreign consumption. Wouldn't it make more sense to cut income taxes as we did in the Tax Cut and Jobs Act during the Trump era? And that means if you have to replace it, put on import tariffs. That's certainly how we funded this country for the first 100 years. Well, the the ideological free traders uh, in the Republican Party would have none of that. Trump changed that dynamic completely. And it turns out, I think he was right. Yeah, he was exactly right. And because he was an existential threat to the entire ruling class and deep state and media, they had to try to destroy him. And they continue to try to destroy him. And the useful idiots on our side, like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, I mean, I'm not worried about either one. You know, they're both leaving Congress, but they'll get TV contracts and do whatever. It is the fact that we no longer live in a representative republic because our so-called representatives, Jason, don't give a flying whip what we think. It's all about their own entrenched power and enriching themselves and changing the very nature of the country. So how do we go about saving our government and our system? Everything seems so corrupted. Be willing to stand up on these issues. You know, during the 2015 campaign, I called the idea of shared restrooms under the name of of the emerging trans ideology, an abomination. I said, this is an abomination. You don't do that to children. Oh my gosh, the left-wing media went crazy. 
Lewis calls trans people an abomination. I didn't call trans people that. I called the policy an abomination. But you know what? You got to be willing to say what, what the truth is. You have to be willing to stand up. They used all of my radio clips in demagogic fashion, but I never backed off, Monica. And I was the last man standing in a 2018 midterm wave that we haven't seen since 74 and 76. So the truth does not hurt you. The truth actually makes you stronger. And if you stand up to these things and latch onto those issues you're talking about that the American people care about, the American people don't care about January 6th. They don't care about trans ideology. They don't care about climate change. What they care about is trying to afford a vacation this summer, putting food on the table, controlling inflation, getting a hold of China and the supply chain crisis, and shutting the damn border. So if you keep talking about that and pound it, but you're not going to do that, let's be honest here, with Mitt Romney leading the way. Well, that's exactly so, right. And that, that's why we need America first candidates. Trump, DeSantis, you know, I, I don't know who's going to get the Republican nomination, Jason, but it's got to be an America first candidate. And I believe it will, because Trump now set the pace and, and set expectations among the Republican base, right. but also among disaffected Democrats and independents in a completely different direction. So we shall see. But and come, that's what they're really afraid of, Monica. Uh, absolutely. That's what they're really afraid of. Trump brought the working class for the first time since Reagan got the endorsement of the Teamsters back to the Republican Party. Absolutely. And that is a political realignment that terrifies the Democrats. Absolutely. In fact, I said that on Fox News on election night, um, November 2016, uh, when they called the race for Donald Trump, I said, we are witnessing a most significant political realignment, and it's still underway. Uh, Jason, I want to congratulate you so much on this book. It is a fantastic read. It's called Party Animal, The Truth About President Trump, Power Politics, and the Partisan Press. It's really good. So everybody, please go get it. Former Congressman Jason Lewis of Minnesota. The book, again, is called Party Animal. Thank you so much, Jason. Great to talk with you. Always nice to be with you, Monica. Thank you. Okay, guys, time now for the Monday email bag. Shoot me a note to Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Miguel heard us talking about the $25 billion we were sending to Ukraine at the time. Now I think it's over $60 billion. But he heard me ask what you would do with $25 billion, and Miguel answered this way. With $25 billion, I'd buy a country home. Oh, that's nice. And build a massive vegetable farm to help combat food shortages. Subscribe today. Enjoy your podcast. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you very much, Miguel. I appreciate it. And I'm so glad that you're enjoying this show. Also, very noble of you to want to help feed the country, given the fact that we do have this crazy inflation and Bill Gates is and the Chinese are buying up farmland across the U.S. and the West. So I I agree with you. I think there are some big dangers possibly coming with regard to food and fuel. So we should all hope Miguel wins the lottery and buys that farm because he will help us all out. (laughs) Thank you so much, Miguel. Appreciate it. Sheila from Cadiz, Ohio, writes this. Dear Monica, I'm a big fan of Bill O'Reilly and I watched you do his show. You were great. Really enjoyed you. Because of you, I began listening to your podcast. I liked it. We'll tune in regularly now. Wanted you to know. Thank you for all you do. Hats off to you. 
Well, thank you so much, Sheila. I really appreciate that. And so happy to have you on board here at the Monica Crowley podcast. That makes me happy, Sheila. And now you're part of the community that we are building right here. All right, guys, thanks to all of you for joining me today on this Monday and for checking out our fantastic sponsors. We all really appreciate that as well. Have a great start to your week. I told you we're going to have an absolute Republican rock star joining us here on Wednesday. So you're not going to want to miss that. And I will see you right back here then.